Righto, Paul. What do you think about banks? David, I remember the good old days where you actually spoke to a banker that could do something, that knew who you were, that knew about your business and that could actually do a deal for you and who understood how to get it done, but I have not seen that for quite a while. The glory years are what you long for, is it, mate, whether you'd put on your shirt and a tie and trot into town or meet your local banker who knew you and your family's names because they're part of your community. It's become pretty pretty faceless. Well, Judo Bank's trying to change that, mate, and we know the guys at Judo. They've been on our show quite a bit. It's an SME challenger bank, Paul. It's not a fintech. It's purposely built to make it easier for Australian businesses and accountants to get the funding they need and the service they deserve. And guess what, Paul? What, buddy? They are lending right now. Right now. They're doing deals. So you can take the pressure off with a right finance solution from Judo Bank, Paul. Call 13Judo or visit judo.bank for more information. That's 13Judo or judo.bank. From the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Joined with me is Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We're brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. And we're coming to you for the first time in months from the same location. We are one and a half metres away separated by a 26-inch computer screen. But, Paul, we're together again. Thank you very much, David. Hello, listeners. Hello. It is refreshing not to have that Zoom lag (laughs) where we don't know who's talking because we can't see each other. We are together. uh, We've done a fairly extended pregame, which is always a worry, David, that we haven't uh, covered off all our points. But uh, we'll cover in the show about getting back to the office and that kind of stuff. Uh, it is good to be uh, in an, another location and good to see you. It's great to see you. So it's good to be together. I wonder whether... We both could do with a haircut, I think. I, I have the full isolation uh, sheep. I've got a bit of buff on the side. It's obviously the skull on When's the top. The, I was going to say, are you there. coming over? Are yeah, you, we're going to... You, you, you're coming up and over? Well, we'll get some brawl cream just to pat it down a little bit. Maybe I'll lend you some. Wave. I'll, get yeah. the, I'll get the barber to, to yeah. save you some. Uh, all right, enough of that uh, silliness. David, we're going to start a bit differently. The best and worst uh, episode today. We we both got a little bit of a challenge. We got some. uh, You've got a big news item uh, that's just come out, and then I'm going to put a challenge to someone. The reason the you know what we might bring this in as a weekly segment because the there's a monster opportunity that there is so much change going on that there's there's big opportunities for things to happen. So we're going to issue challenges in the hope, probably the vain hope, that things improve for the better for small practice accountants and small businesses in Australia. The first challenge from me, Paul, Scott Morrison, in a what's going to be seen as a landmark speech is taking on IR reform in Australia. He's going to get unions and big business together. And uh, guess what, Paul? You would never believe it, but apparently small business is the backbone economy again. That, that's going to get trotted out quite a lot. So my challenge is... How much is small business going to benefit from this? The Australian reports today that one of the uh, awards that's in sight is the Hospitality Award. It's got like 71 different pay categories or something stupid. Maybe that could be a good thing. So my challenge, Paul, 
Will small business, like actual small business, have a seat at the table in the IR reforms? Very interesting. Look, industrial relations clearly is a massive. Uh, my concern is when you put the unions at the table, they have historically done a lot of good, historically done a lot of bad. Uh, too big, uh, John Knight on Twitter covered this, uh, two big areas that that need to be represented. One is the gig economy. Two is the micro businesses in the one to four employee range. Clearly, they are not set up. They they represent over 70% of all employing so businesses. Like the actual backbone of so, the And economy. I call them micro. Well, my second challenge, David, which is coming up, will lead, lead me into my greatest statistic, which is the split of uh, the the micro businesses. So of employing businesses, David, 70% of businesses by number uh, employ less than five people. Let's hope they are represented properly. Let's hope uh, that the gig economy can get a look in too. My challenge, COSBOA. Ooh. Uh, massive. Count, what's COSBOA stand for? Uh, Council of Small Business Organisations Australia, uh, Peter Strong. Uh, I have been on uh, councils and panels and, and stuff uh, with Peter in the past and have been a, a combatant of sorts on Twitter. I'd suggest with, that sitting on councils and panels is Peter. about all they do for small business sometimes. Sometimes, Paul, in my opinion. This is my challenge, David. Michaelia Cash, who I believe Cosboa have a uh, very good... I'll say listening arrangement because I don't. We don't see at the micro end a lot of what Cosboa deliver for the what I call small. Everyone else calls micro level of the business. They have been handed cash by the government to run a spend local campaign. David, I'm going to try something new. I've grown. I feel like isolation time on the farm has grown. Oh, instead wow. of saying what will... 3.0. Instead of... <laughs> yes, thank you. 2.0. In, well, I don't know. A two and a half, maybe. Yeah. I'm, instead, of, instead of saying... Actually, you were 1.9 last time. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Then I went back a bit. Yeah, yeah. I put on some weight. Um, <laughs> instead of saying that, that, that this won't work and they don't represent micro business, I'm going to throw out the challenge. I'm going to say that I am going... I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause and I look forward, hopefully, at the end of this Spend Local campaign to see how that the whole spectrum of businesses, 95 96% of businesses, as I always say, David, are micro, uh, less than $2 million in turnover. Uh, historically, businesses have focused far more at that medium end. Peter Strong, if you're listening, I'm going to tag you anyway online probably, that this is the Cosboa's opportunity to show us that you are, a, know who micro-business are and can keep them in your thoughts and in this campaign, given they represent 96% of businesses. In my experience, spend local campaigns run really well by local councils. I would have just given the money there. don't know why. Uh, hope springs eternal, David. I, I hope down, it works. I was down Glen Huntley Road. Every shop's got the spend local sign. It's this nice big local campaign. I think putting local campaigns at a bigger type of government is inefficient. So I'm not expecting. And I should a lot say, my, the, everyone does say that I whinge a lot. My reason, yeah. I had a conversation with uh, Peter Strong about their national conference. Their national conference had a sum total of zero 
uh, content focused on micro business, despite being apparently 96% of the businesses they represent, which was vastly disappointing. But for now, I'm putting a pin in that and I'm saying, show us that you know who micro business is. Challenges laid down, Paul. We will see in however many months. June next year, I think it comes out. Uh, Let's get on to... Best. Best on ground. Best on ground. Accountants are the real heroes, Paul. Accountants are the real heroes. I'll repeat it again. Accountants, Paul, are the real heroes. Does everyone feel good hearing that while you listen to From the Trenches on your morning walk or maybe you got your commute back into the office or maybe you're cooking? Accountants are the real heroes. Joseph Carozzi on Twitter has taken a photo out of the SMH. Uh, I don't know what section it is. Could be letters to the editor. Back in the 70s, nearly every comedy sketch was about the accountants and how boring they were. Monty Pythons, the two Ronnie, everybody remembers the Monty Python one. But now accountants have really shone and it's a call to stop the accountant with the bad personality jokes. I think the needle has moved on the client relationship with accountants over the last two months. You've had more communication than ever. More account... I, I, I reckon MailChimp had more setups by accountants than maybe they've ever had in the past as emails start to go out. Um, and I hope that this is something for the future. This article ends with everywhere I go, people have a story featuring an accountant who has saved the day, including those that pulled all-nighters to save clients' businesses. Unfortunately, it's buried in the letters to the editor and on the front page where I'd expect it to be, but it's good to see, Paul. As I've said, David, I think that that's the role accountants have always played. It is nice that some of the uh, those online marketers and uh, online sort of more fakish business coaches have really been quiet. Oh, they've there's uh, there's not a lot of advisory getting around here. Uh, it has been compliance, Cedric. I think it's. We're just seeing the relationship that accountants have already had. There's always something had. that is going to match out. We will do an in depth on this. Um, I spoke to the Virtual CFO Association last night. Haven't had much contact with them over the last couple of years. Booming. Absolutely booming. Putting on staff, cannot keep up, working till midnight because we're now post the compliance bit and now in the sort of business restructure type bit. Are they also seeing a lot of the finance people who lost their jobs needing needing work? No. I mean, the CFO is doing this. These are the guys doing the strategic stuff. Oh, right. So these aren't necessarily the grunt management accountants. These are guys can go into a business that's employing 20-plus staff, so reasonable businesses, and are doing that strategic stuff. Absolutely booming, according to them. All right. I wonder if that will... Once the compliance stuff settles down, I wonder if that's what businesses are going to be asking, the medium-sized businesses are going to be asking accountants. Let's see, but certainly... Virtual CFO is still very small. Yeah, fair enough. Very, very but then a trend analysis uh, of actual stuff, not a survey, is always nice yes. to hear. Uh, what have I got, Atlassian? Uh, anyway, uh, this is a uh, – they've made their employee work from home survey open sourced. They've shared it online. I had a look at it. It was really good. I mean, I don't have a lot of staff, but I can see what that matters. Two things for me. One, making it public. It was a very good checklist. Number two, uh, they talk. this article talks a little bit about how they used it. Uh, they took the, the, the check, checked in with staff. One of the things they heard early on was their, uh, a lack of proper setup at home. So they gave staff vouchers, that kind of stuff. I think it's great for an ability to take uh, the pulse and also to respond. Atlassian really lead the way on so many things. Um, their team playbooks, I don't know if you've ever checked them out. Fantastic. 
little playbooks you can do, workshops, things you can do with your team to help work out who owns what, what position descriptions are. Um, tons of different playbooks on helping other businesses. Might have to check them out. I haven't ones. seen them. They're really cool. Um, we did one of those exercises at Change GPS when I first started, and you know, there's a small team, so you get one new person, and everyone's like, well, "What's going on?" And we did it. We thought it was fantastic. Literally, just copied the Atlassian playbook. Very well done. No worries. What else you got, man? Um, Peter the Great, Peter Costello, Australia's longest-serving treasurer. His, uh, I'm, he, I'm, I'm going to work out how I actually want to present this. An accounting firm, Quantum Advisory, has in- worked with Peter Costello to run a webinar for their clients called The Road to Recovery. Now, Costello came into power after the recession. Yeah? Back end, I think. Back. Hmm, can't I can't remember. I should have worked that out before we started. Um, he's going to talk about lessons learned balancing a $2 trillion budget, leadership and resilience in times of adversity, adapting to changing business conditions, this guy was the long... Like, you can... I don't think that all the answers are in the past greats, but you'd think you're going to learn something from this. It's the 3rd of June. I might actually... Oh, it will, sounds... I tell you, it, it, it's hit a sweet spot, right? So, obviously, uh, managing yeah. the, the future fund, relationships with China, changing business conditions, etc. This is is the time. 99 bucks. That's not uh, not bad for a webinar there. Uh, it would be very, but I like very the marketing angle of the accounting firm. Yeah, they're going to do this for their clients. It's a, I've, I just really like it. Well done, guys. Absolutely, no worries. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, let's. Uh, so, <laughs> apparently, David, uh, the where have I got? Oh, uh, yeah. Taking the Mickey out of your boss isn't grounds for dismissal. They've gone all BP after a staff member used a very common online uh, video mem generator to create a funny video. I think we, we know the one of Hitler in the bunker. Uh, it's been used for everything from football scandals to everything. Uh, very common. A BP employee uh, had done it about or, or did a version of it about the collective bargaining agreement didn't bring the company into disrepute, didn't uh, affect his job, was purely offended the senior managers, lost his job, Fair Work gave uh, this person their job back. BP didn't take that lying down, have fought it for two years, uh, and then they lost their federal federal court appeal. Just this, is this just big corporate not, like just not understanding what just just what's reasonable. Like just fighting a small employee who did nothing more than make a joke about their boss. It's uh, the final line here. The Australian Workers Union um, said workers should be able to take the piss out of management without their colleagues in their own time. With their colleagues in their own time, the day that right is lost would be a very bleak day for Australia. You got it's true. It's just true. I, you know, you never, you should be able to, you know, have it. You never want to be have the piss taken out of you. But geez, it's pretty much how Australia runs. And I tell you, I tell you what, when prime minister's known for being nicknamed Scotty for marketing, he's not going to sue us for calling him that. Is this? I think this is also a, a really worrying sign about the triangle of management versus the number of staff down the chain where you go, 
<laughs> where, where the company backs the people higher up the chain, you got to worry about that, the, the culture and what that says. I don't have the article for this. There's a great article talking about how execs and senior managers are getting exposed to being full of absolute CRAP through Zoom meetings. Because in a Zoom meeting, you can't hide. The camera's really close to your face. And if all you have is regurgitating a corporate line on a tough situation, all these senior managers and execs are getting exposed because there's nothing authentic about them. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, to, to take a small employee uh, to court for two years, that is a uh, very bad way for culture. I think uh, – what else? Well, you got one more. One more. BGL has put out something that I'd consider – uh, it's called aggressive marketing. Not all corporate compliance and SMS admin software is the same. Nothing wrong with that tagline. What they've done is put a feature comparison for what BGL's products, Cas360 and Simple Fund – their features against two competitors. It doesn't name the competitors. They call them competitor one and competitor two. <laughs> I love the competitor one when everybody in the in the world knows who they're talking about. But I like it. I <laughs> like the anonymity. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't know, jump on the zero marketplace and have and a just, look at yeah, who's just, there. Just press the button. Compliance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it jumps out. And it's, BGL, of course, our sponsors. So you know. Well, but they don't, they don't they have no say. That's my disclosure. Not that everybody they in our no industry on their does a does a disclosure, David. They and, and I looked at this, I thought, geez, it's a bit aggressive. And what it is, it's Ron has, has gotten fed up with his competitors saying that their apps do things that they don't actually do. I'll tell you what, if from the trenches, we would have lost half our content over the last four years if marketing people and apps actually did the things that they said they do. So we know that it's a problem. And Ron's had enough and he's calling it out. It's just pages of features where BGL say they do something and the competitors don't do it. And the question I had to myself was, you know, I'm in charge of the marketing messaging of an app now. Would I be that aggressive? And my answer, I, I really, I went for a walk to think about it. And BGL's been around for 30 years. You know, they've had the ups and downs, a very noted down when they released uh, Simple Fund in the cloud. And, and my takeaway was, if it fits the brand, probably. And this fits BGL. They like speaking their mind. Anyone who listens to the From the Trenches Live knows Ron does not have a problem calling out what he thinks is right. And so it kind of fits BGL. I don't know how I'd respond if I was the other competitor. I don't know if I would. I'd probably just shut up and stick to my own game and stick to my own game. Well, uh, some of the other competitors have never really been uh, weighed down by facts. No, (laughs) David, sometimes get in the way of a good marketing message. They they do. So, no, anyway, uh, Ron's always, that's been his. Do you know what I also like about it? This hasn't come from uh, a head of marketing. This hasn't come from an account manager. This has come from from the top. You know, you don't see that in a lot uh, of businesses. That's why we love it. And as an employee working for... For a company like that, that's what you want. You're and, putting your name on it. Yep. And and Ronnie's Ron is coming on the show. It is my fault that he has not had an episode uh, two weeks ago coming up. He was on our he was on our live event, but we are going to do a one on one with him. Invite to- him up to the farm. I'm back now. He's desperate for I've come travel. back. I have. He's desperate for travel. It's only taken four carloads. I tell you what, there were tears. My six-year-old trying to uh, squeeze the. He wanted the calf in the car. No, he, wa- no. he wanted the calf in the back seat. None of had cars in Yarraville he, since the 1920s. He told it, mind you, my front lawn could do with it because it's yeah, the only patch of grass. Uh, <laughs> where am I? I? Lost our spot. Got trust off the, the data, Paul. Thank you very much. Oh, one of the biggest. I think accountants do love uh, a good old-fashioned. We got a figure wrong. Treasury, who have decided that when they were estimating how much JobKeeper, our favourite 
uh, comment not uh, the how much it would cost. They were only out by sixty billion, I think. They're only out by a third. Uh, but for me, David, what I find really interesting is, despite there being only about three thousand odd businesses that employ more than two hundred people. Uh, the data that they'd got from the ATO's enrolment into JobKeeper, where people had filled in for the number of employees, it asked you the number of employees, people had filled in 1,500. Apparently, there were five or 600 applications that filled in 1,500 employees. And forget checking it, forget the fact that actually there's you know, hardly that many that actually employ more than, more than 200 people. The data's just gone, oh, yeah, well, that's going to happen. People going, ah, no. So, you know, it's it, never important to check it's, data, it's, David. It just, it's, it's, it's right. It's an interesting statistics question because the quantum of people who made the mistake is tiny. It's a 1,000 out of – they had about 700,000 who registered their interest. It's the size of the mistake – being 1,500 instead of one that makes it so big. So how would you have actually picked that up? Like, you, you would have to have done some pretty deep statistical analysis to find the one... Th- There's only 1,000 mistakes out of 700-odd thousand. So, you, you've, like, you've got a one in 700 chance. Is that right? I'm not I just think you just... I mean, like, surely... Sin, whatever. But surely, I mean, you, like, I think some kind of response per number of employees, like, I think if you kind of go... But you put them into bands. You say the people who are in this band, which is the uber-sized business. If you had a small business accountant in Canberra helping to design this, this mistake wouldn't have happened. Very true. Uh, One of the funny things, though, for me, David, is is that the way these things get politicised. I mean, Treasury is separate to government, staffed with largely the same people, irrespective of which side of of politics is in government. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's your Treasury government. Oh, that's your... Yeah, the the government's always... the the same staff. Like, the staff barely change Treasury. It's like, oh, yeah, the Treasury who three years ago was their best friend and who got, you know, who was apparently always always oh, got the data Jesus. right for them uh, is now the other person's problem. I think that's that's a real pity. Uh, but uh, as Scott Morrison said, I think anyone who kind of looks at a sixty uh, billion million billion uh, million looking looking error sixty billion less and says, "Oh well, that's a bad thing." I think needs uh, is just trying to get a bit of uh, he did that after bit of click. He did that after wiping his brow when he found that it was sixty bill the right way, not the wrong way. And then other people wanting, oh, what are we going to spend it on now? No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't spend it. Oh, you like no. That's I don't know if that's true. If you, I thought there was. If you had a real visionary leader, sixty bill can completely change industries. Like you, you can completely rewrite. Massive, but not if you didn't want. Not if you didn't want to spend 170 billion in the first place. You did because you went and got it legislated. So you legally have the power to spend it. You you do. So if you if but we don't want to. The next generation doesn't want to. Don't know that. What if 60 bill went to get rid of all heavy uh, polluting industries in Australia? You think the next generation wouldn't be for that? You forget about all the protests that happened in January. I think the Labor's platform and the Greens' platform in the last election pretty much says that well, the votes aren't there for it, David. I would say that their messaging says that, the, that that's... Uh, anyway, we're not getting into politics. This but is, see, this is like the, the person the, that saves 100 bucks on something and thinks they got a bargain and then they've got another 100 no, to spend. Not. No, no, no. You it's actually not, spent 100. Not, you've got a discount. You don't need one, to spend the discount. It's not because the number one argument against mass industrial change has been it costs too much. 
You now have the money. You the electorate, have, you the electorate the money. is primed to spend. You do. You've got the ability to get the money. You never had the money. It doesn't matter. The electorate has accepted that we're going to spend this $60 billion. Can somebody post something online, please, and tell David that if you take a discount... I understand the concept of going into $60 billion in debt. I get it. More debt than you wanted to. the number one argument against mass change for environmental is being the cost. You have... The electorate was was ready to spend it. You had the legislation available to spend it. This isn't my politics, by the way. I'm talking conceptually. You (laughs) could have conceptually completely changed... Sectors completely change the the way certain industries work. I think conceptually you're wrong, (laughs) but conceptually I'm right. I just think you practically you may not have a place. I just think my personal you're right. I think practically my personal you're wrong. Feel is that I'm happy that they didn't spend it, and please don't spend it and put it back off. Well, don't blow out the debt by six by a further sixty billion. That's my certainly don't use it to bail out another bloody airline. True, absolutely, uh, especially with as much foreign ownership. Um, have I told you I want to nationalise Qantas? Save that. <laughs> save, save. So I don't think I can handle right that. Uh, let's get to worst on ground. Worst. <laughs> nice. The Is echo well? doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, I, I like well. I like talking over each other again. It's nice. It's a, it's a better feel than you on, like on the, over me. Do you? Well, no. We can we can banter a bit more. We can I, a bit of an I, argument. I prefer it. We do we do get a bit it's much more, better. A bit more heated. Uh, it's hell, it, the, I'm, I, it's going to take two hours out of my day to come and see you. I know the travel does kill, but it is, it's better when we get here. All right. Um, we shared lunch. We shared lunch at sushi. We did. You offered me some sushi. It was very nice. I did. Thank you very much. I disinfected uh, my hands before and after. <laughs> we ate one point five meters away. Uh, the JobKeeper, I'm going to go keep going with West on Ground. Qantas, this is coming from the AFR, Qantas dealt blow over JobKeeper payments. Look, we know that payroll, I mean, payroll in general is difficult. Uh, this is another one from the file of uh, payroll errors seem to always favour the big employer rather than the employee. Um Fair Work found that the employee was underpaid. I find it really hard, given it's Qantas and given the size of the error uh, and what this probably means in terms of admin, uh, to go and fix this. This doesn't go to a higher court. Um, Having said that, really interesting that effectively a lot of this hinged on the apportionment of a monthly payroll across a four-week period rather than a rather than across individual payroll fortnights. People who are uh, sucking their th- thumb, rocking back and forward in the corner, saying, "Please don't go back into the facts of JobKeeper anymore because we're over it." Um, uh, the fair work really hinged on that neither uh, the concept that neither an employee nor an employer should secure benefit from the wage subsidy other than to meet the scheme's of objectives. For me, this is one of the first uh, sort of big plays, big uh, occurrences of whether or not JobKeeper was manipulated either intended to or an unintended consequence, but certainly would be, yeah, a fair bit of money. But payroll's complex. Payroll is complex. Are you going to include payroll services in your practice anytime soon, following your JobKeeper payroll? (laughs) Not a chance. Sojourned Mm. in the uh, the realm of the bookkeeping 
dominated field of payroll? Not a chance. Leave that with the experts. Not a chance. I, I mean, I, I would, I would love to see. I would love to see a micro. I would love to see a micro business award, just with a, a, a sort of a default, a default award that you can pick up as a micro business that covers that covers hiring, covers um, notice period. I, I'm sick of too many small businesses that are in. I got an example, David, just going off topic for a bit, but the New South Wales Small Business Grant mm. was um, linked to industry codes. Mm. I have a client that is legitimately, like a, a small business, that is legitimately covers three different industry codes. Yeah, industry codes are weird. And, and, and you're like, well, what are they in? Like, they're actually in three different codes that are covered by this, but because they're not in one, we also had to argue under the, the other method. Like, I just think the fact that, when you look at it, micro businesses, micro businesses, especially with the fact that um, more micro businesses tend to not have yeah profit, <laughs> profit or a whole admin team on it. I think we need it anyway. That's a, that's my IR rant. If ever, ladies and gentlemen, that is why you put small business accountants in Canberra when they're designing things because you get an idea like that. That small business isn't dependent on ANSI code; it's dependent on availability to resources. That's all it is. They don't have resources. So help yep. them. Make yep. it easy. Exactly. Worst for me, Paul. Uh, Council Daily reports, practitioners potentially misled by ATO's JobKeeper turnover guidance and a statement from the Tax Institute's Senior Tax Council, Professor Robert Deutsch, I hope I pronounced that correctly, believes tax practitioners who are only relying on the cash or accruals method um, were inadvertently excluding clients from JobKeeper, particularly if they were only relying on the ever-changing ATO website. Would have been useful six weeks ago. Too little, too late. Everyone moved on. I think most accountants worked out that you couldn't simply just rely on the tax office website. People were reading tax office website. They were talking to their peers. They were reading legislation. They were jumping on the dozens of training sessions being offered by the accounting bodies and the private tax trainers. This is just noise right now. Who cares? We've, like, we've moved on. We've just moved. People, like, people just moved on from this. Uh, it is a bit late. I, the question I think... for me, where were you at the design? goes back, where were we at the design? We don't have a seat at the table at the start of it, but we're more than happy to complain about it afterwards. I think that th- these rules changed uh, so, uh, so much. The alternate tests were a, uh, were a dog's breakfast. For me, I think that uh, this is an example of a professional body that goes and talks about what we should have been doing rather than jumping in and trying to say, here, members, here's how to navigate it. Don't sit back at the end, as you said, late and kind of go, oh, well, don't be misled. Actually go, here's a checklist. Here's a form. Here's how to understand it. You know, offer that service rather than just commenting on it for relevance. Another worst for me, David, FinReview article. Uh, we want you back in the office, law firm tells partners. Holding Redlich have sent out emails to their staff and a separate email to partners. Uh, the email to staff was saying, uh, come back if you feel safe. The, art- the email to partners, according to this article, was a little bit more forceful saying, uh, get your derrieres back into the office 
in order to make money. Uh, really, uh, two things for me. One interesting. This article covers a very interesting take on a traditional work environment that has separate offices. I've spoken to an accounting firm who had this view too. People could get back uh, quicker because they had their own office. They limited uh, limited chairs in the reception, they limited chairs in the meeting rooms, limited numbers, etc. Uh, maybe changed a few working hours so people weren't all arriving and leaving. But interesting that they, they felt like the other people's shift to more open plan offices would was the wrong decision. A little bit of a uh, thumbing their nose at the people who told them in the hot desking open plan phase. Uh, but also just really interesting how uh, it is quite blatant profit first mentality. Not necessarily the worst thing. Profit's quite important leading into a major downturn in the economy. I'm just trying to give some rounded. And it is an interesting comment that they talked about. They they obviously feel like productivity hasn't been where it should have been while at home. Fair enough. Yeah. Use it or lose it. I've always said use it or lose it for working from home. Uh my interesting thing, I wonder whether that's measured or perceived. You know, I wonder whether these firms well, go into it thinking it hasn't been, whether or not it's any of these businesses We get every day, change accountants doesn't have timesheets. Every day, and change GPS obviously wouldn't. So we get a, a automated email every day. Three, what were the highlights of what you got done today? What do you need help with? And what's stressing you out? Every day you have to do it. So it's used or lose. You don't fill it out, the hammer's going to come down on you. It's a pretty quick way to manage. It's uh, the old scrum meeting. Uh, yeah, it's very similar test that yep. I use. Exactly, for, it's the for same my questions. Yep. yep, absolutely. Uh, good to hear. Uh, interesting. What else you got, Paul? Tell me if you know what EY is talking about here. Ernst and Young's put out this tweet. Uh, this, I think it's LinkedIn. It's gone out to four point one three million EY followers, promoted. and it's yep. promoted. So they've spent money on this. Hey, listeners, I'm sorry if you lose track of this. Ready? When the forces of nature cloud the path to the future, we understand that the choices you make matter. This next phase is likely to be defined by a sawtoothed economic recovery, placing heavy demands on companies' ability to adapt and increase resilience to weather after dash shocks. Hashtag COVID nineteen. Hashtag apparently better questions. But there wasn't a question. It was a. It was a jumble of. I that don't was, know what that is. That was an absolute meal of a paragraph. My two and a half year old's learning to talk, and I can make more sense of what she says. I, I, I just, I just have no idea. That is just, wow. I wonder if that's thought leadership. It's jargon. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just nobody has a clue it's what jargon you're saying. Copywriting is what it is. That is that is shocking. That is just that's just. You just look at that, and they promoted that. Yeah. I don't know, but you know what? I reckon there is a there is enough online social sycophants. Uh, see, refer another episode that's coming up uh, that will jump onto that and go, "Oh, you're so right. Oh, ey, just oh, so deep." So yeah, deep, yeah. so deep. Amazing, amazing depth. Uh, everyone else just goes, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, very interesting. What have I got? Uh, <laughs> Westpac. You know, end of year, it's end of year and these like tax articles have kind of creeped up. We had a little bit with car dealerships talking about the asset write-off being expanded despite not mentioning that the luxury car limit hadn't been expanded. Uh 
just more... This person, uh, this is Chris, who is head of indirect taxes at Westpac Group. Now, I wonder whether uh, indirect taxes... Uh, oh, he's a member of the Bankers Association GST Working Group. Anyway, decides to write an article on uh, making sense of the work from home tax tweak, basically giving tax advice despite not actually saying anything proper and missing the whole half of the point of the working from home tax credit. To me, I don't feel anyone's more the wiser. Uh, They still don't know how to do it anymore. This is content for content's sake and trying to be a tax agent. One of your, Get out of the way. I honestly think one of your hobbies is finding non-tax organisations giving tax advice. I do get tagged in you a lot of this it. stuff, though. I do get I do get tagged in an awful lot of this stuff, David. Uh, but it's just yeah, more to come. But I just I I always I'm never ready for it. Never ready for it uh, at all. What else you got? Final one for me. Um, really interesting post uh, from that I found on Twitter, actually, which is a place I didn't expect to see, suggesting that AI and machine learning jobs are under threat. Uber's closed its AI labs. The tweeter, the poster has said, I predicted that the AI winter would lose more jobs before Uber driver losses, loses jobs to autonomous cars. It's just a great point that, like, when we're under pressure... We just go back to what we know and what's stable. Could be a bad sign for innovation, but we're going back to basics. Uh, Uber probably have a fair cash burn <coughs> and it... Uh, coughing into your elbow, very well done uh, there, David. Uh, the protecting you, mate, protecting you. Interesting. Uh, I'm getting him tested later on for many things, not just corona, just, <laughs> just, just for, you know... It's a no, deep psychological <laughs> test, actually. Nothing to do with physical health. Um, the It is interesting. What What's interesting for me, David, is that, you know, Uber grapples with... Uh, they've got 80%... Uh, drop in rides at the height of the lockdowns in the US and Canada. Um, we, it's almost like this 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 uh, last in first out kind of mentality. Do, is this all AI and machine learning a nice to have? You know, sort of mm. a cherry on the top. To me, not dissimilar in the accounting industry to that high level advisory stuff. When it all goes derriere up. Uh, you go back to your basics, you look after your core and this sort of other fringe stuff. Uh, Very interesting comment there, though, about uh, AI people losing their jobs before before drivers lose anything to automated autonomous cars. Uh, Also, I didn't want it to go unnoticed that you said uh, the, the tweet, a tweet for Twitter, at least you didn't call them a twit. Hey, not bad while I was holding back a cough. That was a bit of a tongue twister. You did well. almost choking. You did well. Wow, good to be back. Uh, good to be back in the same room. I agree with you, travel is uh, it is easier to do it uh, from um, home in a way. One thing I want to add in, um, doing some analysis last night, I'm not going to plug my job at GPS too much, but I did some analysis last <laughs> like the fourth time this show. you like it. Well, can I, we talk about what's in front of us, Paul. You'll like this. So I actually went back through all our data for tax planning to see when tax plans are done. For all of the... And, and JobKeeper really pushed it back. Last year, 67% of all tax plans were done in June on the GPS platform. So heading into a big, big tax planning month for accountants, I think it's going to be even more this year if you even get a chance to get to it because everyone's just so far behind. But I'm enjoying playing with the data, Paul. 
seeing under the hood. Yeah. Uh, well, don't be very interesting. Don't be sixty billion dollars out in your analysis. At least give it some, yeah. give it some thought. Get it reviewed by someone. Yeah. That's it. Well done, all. Uh, keep punching out there, accountants, bookkeepers, etc. Uh, look after yourselves. Look after your clients. Uh, have a bit of fun. See you next week. See you all. to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter, at Paul Meissner underscore, or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter, at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.